Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome back, everybody. This is Sean Murray with the New Cyber Frontier. Today we have a special guest all the way from Minnesota, Chad Beckman, who is the CEO and founder of Secure Digital Solutions. Welcome, Chad. Tell us a little bit. Of- Thank you for having me, Sean. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. Thanks. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit uh, about your background? We were talking uh, before the session and, um, you know, you're like me, you're one of those old warriors that have been around since, you know, the days uh, when we called it InfoSec, right? Information security. It still is. They rebranded it, called it cyber. But um, why don't you tell us what you've been doing? Yeah, thanks. So been in the industry 23 years now and got my start with, uh, believe it or not, the RACCAF, uh, setting up user IDs and uh, group access on mainframe for those of you that don't even know what RACCAF is. And uh, that led into Unix uh, capabilities and, and experience and Microsoft and all kinds of interesting things. So my background is really around helping organizations to build their security posture. And that can include everything from system configuration and understanding what controls are being met to writing policies and dealing with regulatory requirements. And uh, over the years, I come to realize that a lot of organizations are conducting security and measuring themselves through assessments simply for the fact of conducting the exercise. And as a result, it doesn't really add a lot of value. Why spend the money and time to do it if no one's going to take it seriously or look at it and apply it to some other future improvement? So what we ended up doing after observing this for a while is developing a methodology and making an observation, both. Um, first, math- the methodology we created was called MAP, M-A-P-P. And uh, subsequently, the name of our platform is called Trust Map. Uh, M-A-P-P, MAP. Uh, stands for Maturity Assessment Profile and Plan. And we can talk more about what really that means later, but ultimately we're bringing together what we coined in 2015 when we launched the product uh, as security performance management. And this goes beyond cyber, goes beyond the security operations center. It deals with uh, certainly the tools and the investment, the people and the resources, as well as how that translates into meeting regulatory requirements, but also how does that reduce our risk? And so that's one thing that's kind of unique about what we do is we measure maturity, but we also help address risk and understand by investing in maturity, how is it going to reduce our risk? So maturity is glass half full in my view and risk is glass half empty. So we're pulling and pushing those levers together in, in synchrony to get a good understanding of our actions and how it's going to help uh, meet certain business objectives and desired outcomes. That's awesome. So um, RACF, boy, you know, there's not too many of us mainframers out there. RACF, top secret, and uh, all the different uh, IBM, Hitachi, uh, Unisys, mainframe uh, war dogs out there like us. Um, And we're a dying breed. So um, when you take a look at 
uh, information security. How has it evolved over the years? You know, we were discussing some of the struggles you had, you know, uh, growing up through various companies and, and consulting where, um, you know, you'd go in and do a, an assessment and feel pretty good about it and then come back later on and, you know, nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I think the one of the biggest evolutions of our industry is um, we could say cloud, we could say, you know, moving out of the data center, but even before that was security finally getting its own name tag um, and really moving out from underneath the office of the CIO, even though in many organizations today that still does exist. However, the security department actually has a budget and it's not just a generic 3% of the IT budget goes to security. That's where we came from. If that, if you're lucky, you got 3%. And now it's something that can be more substantiated and uh, is in most organizations, there is care given to um, what the security initiatives are outside and separate of you know, the IT initiatives. So that's probably the biggest advancement I've seen. And uh, subsequently, a lot of other additional changes have occurred, such as, you know, movement to the cloud, uh, distributed operating environments, and that along goes with uh, many other changes. In some regards, I see what we are dealing with today as an industry, specifically moving to the cloud as almost a rinse and repeat of where we were in the late 90s and early 2000s. Right. Um, okay. Now we have to look at our controls. How does that change if we're going from our data center to a cloud environment? How does our how do we meet our compliance requirements? A lot of these old questions get resurfaced. Who owns the liability? Uh, what do the contracts look like? Um, a lot of those old questions get resurfaced, and it's just a matter of applying the scope a little bit differently. But the same issues uh, tend to be there. Yeah, it's uh, it's a. Uh... It's a never-ending battle. This is one of the reasons why I think that we'll always have a job, no matter how old we get, or you know, it, we call that experience trucks with us. Um, that's a great thought. We're going to come back right after um, this message. We're going to take a break right now. We're talking to uh, Chad Beckman from Secure Digital Solutions. Uh, we'll be right back after this message. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back to the new Cyber Frontier. My name is Sean Murray. I'm your host today. We have Chad Beckman from Secure Digital Solutions. Uh, we're talking a, a little bit about his background and um, the evolution of information technology and, and you know, finally breaking out, it seems, over the last decade, maybe uh, uh, security actually being you know, something in itself that needs to be looked at uh, as we align. You know, one of those things that we talk about, Chad, is 
Um, when we take a look at most industries today, 80% of your business processes are automated. And so there's a level of risk associated with the way, you know, regular employees perform their day-to-day activities. And with that, um, that risk, you've got, you know, we always worry about the malicious insider, and then you've got the careless or the accidental insider. You've got culture to deal with at the board level all the way down. Um, you know, when we talk about how all of those things um, map together, um, how challenging is it for your organization to be able to communicate this effectively to uh, an organization? Yeah, good question. So oftentimes it's, we can get caught up into our own niche. And I, I say that uh, niche uh, specifically to all of you security practitioners out there. Um, if you deal in compliance or you deal in um, incident response, it, the world can be a little myopic at times. And it's important to look at the big picture. And, and that's what a, you know, a CISO, as an example, or anybody who's got the overall responsibility of the security posture, security program, that is their job. And what we've uh, been able to really articulate is this whole notion of security performance management. And what security performance management does, uh, to your point, Sean, is it brings together really the, uh, it's almost cliche to say this, but people process technology. So the people part is certainly the culture, the process, you know, goes without saying, and the technology again goes without saying, how do those pieces come together to bring together a picture, a view of risk, maturity, and overall investment to achieve a desired outcome. That's what we call security performance management. And we've really broken that down into four key steps. Uh, the first is assess, understand where we are, you know, and that helps us to have a dialogue on where we want to go. We as, we as security may know where we want to go, but the business may not agree. So we need to have that dialogue, which leads us to the reporting. That's step two. Uh, the reporting is about making that communication effective to non-technical individuals, bringing together those data points, right? The people process technology. How are we measuring on different controls across various aspects of our business? If we're a small business, uh, certainly is probably just one assessment for our enterprise. If we're a large global conglomerate, it's going to be a multiple assessments that ultimately roll up into a profile view of the enterprise. And uh, we need to articulate that effectively and then also bring answers, right? Not just more questions, answers about what is it going to take? What is our risk exposure? What's the investment? What happens if we do this or if we don't do this? What's the potential liability or the, the potential loss or the risk that we're facing? So the more we can speak in dollars and cents, uh, the better off we will be, the more success we will have as a security leader. And I say that because I speak with board directors often uh, and people that train board directors, in fact. And the board members number one priority is to create uh, and preserve shareholder value. So they always think in terms of that notion. And so we need to understand how to communicate uh, with that goal in mind. And, and that's why I say uh, bringing more answers and questions is the formula for success in communicating the current posture. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I remember in 2017, I was invited over uh, with Misty um, to uh, keynote uh, a, 
the European Cyber Summit in The Hague. And we actually had, uh, we had the CE, uh, the CISO from Barclays Bank showed up and he was one of our presenters and he was pretty miffed when he showed up and he, he was, his plane was late, but he had, he had just left a board meeting earlier that morning where, you know, he's sitting there discussing uh, with the board of directors. They went down 45 minutes into rabbit hole discussing a, a minor accounting issue. Uh, but when they got to him, they only, you know, they had, he had significant things he wanted to discuss regarding information security, cybersecurity. And they're like, oh, no, we just want that at a high level. Right. So we talk about that culture at the board. What is it that needs to be communicated? Well, going back to 80 percent of your business processes are automated. Where is the risk and how do you quantify it, which is what you were discussing? Um, think of different organizations that have different frameworks like ISO 27001, ISMS certified, or maybe they need to be um, you know, NIST certified. And we're going to talk about CMMC here uh, shortly. But you've got PCI, you've got, you know, Know, GLBA. You guys uh, also are, are well versed in privacy with your tool. Um, how does all of this information come together, especially when you've got issues like, um, you know, in the United States, we don't have a privacy law, an overarching like a GDPR. You have to comply with 50 different states' cybersecurity slash privacy laws. Uh, it gets pretty complex um, when you have to have that discussion. And how does that normally go? Yeah, that's actually one of the reasons why we created this map methodology. Uh, digging down in a little more detail about how we do it, you know, we, we look at everything as a process. And uh, in, in some of the compliance people that might be listening might say, well, I need to measure everything at a control level. Well, you know, we offer that as well. Uh, the original uh, assessment template that we had back in 2015 when we launched uh, the product was to address the issue you just raised. It, it was designing a way to measure the capabilities, right? Uh, what is our capability and effectiveness to perform the functions that we need to perform? And then the more granular view of that becomes how, based on our scores of that capability, how does that currently meet the privacy regulations that are facing us? How does it meet the you know financial regulations that are impacting us or the healthcare regulations that are impacting us? And so we've provided a uh, multiple different control mappings and analytics to quickly identify those answers. So uh, if you have an assessment, you brought it up, ISO 27001, 2013, as an example, you did an assessment on that and you could then be able to understand, well, how am I aligned to PCI DSS? Or uh, how am I meeting my HIPAA requirements, right? Or am I meeting the CCPA? And what's very interesting, by the way, with uh, CCPA uh, more so than GDPR, is there's not a one-to-one -one correlation between privacy uh, regulation oftentimes and security. And so there are going to be gaps and there are still will be uh, an area that additional assessment or measurement would need to occur, but you'll be able to identify those very quickly. And, and how versed is your product with, uh, with, with 
the various laws, and, and I'll give you an example. Um, last month, we, our organization performed a cybersecurity assessment, the technical aspect of it with, um, um, with a credit collections company. And they were just getting ready to negotiate uh, a new uh, contract with their call center into a licensing format because licensing pays more. Right. So uh, part of the, the legalese portion of the contract indicated that, you know, hey, you need to have a breach response time that, you know, if you're if you if the call center recordings get breached and you're our cloud provider, you need to notify us within a certain amount of time. Well, my client hadn't talked to us prior to that, but they put in there, they wanted a three-day notification. Well, the legal department from the from the provider said, yeah, we, we're not going to adhere to any, you know, standard that says we're going to provide you. We're just going to say within a reasonable amount of time. And so they asked me to look at it. I'm like, no, 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 time out. Uh, because your call center data cannot be, you know, you've got clients all over the United States. You have to go with the most stringent breach notification law specific to your third-party vendor. That's the state of Georgia. That's 24 hours. They have to comply with law. So your legal department needs to be notified. They got to comply with this. And that's the most stringent. How does your tool understand that so that your organizations that your that, that your tool purchases that big global conglomerate uh, can meet all those requirements? Yeah, it's simply a matter of understanding. So if the organization knows what regulations they need, that's the, the you know, need to comply with or need to deal with, respond to, that's, you know, the first major step of the journey. Um, so a lot, a lot of what we provide gives uh, immediate intelligence. So I'll give you an example, a common example least for our customers, is uh, they'll measure themselves against CIS top 20 controls or the NIST CSF. That seems to be the most common. Uh, I think the NIST CSF is the number one security framework in the world, something like that in terms of adoption. And if you have a baseline based on a framework such as NIST CSF, you then can understand quickly um, by selecting another regulatory requirement. So we have a number of these already pre-mapped. So NIST mapped to, you know, X, Y, Z, A, B, C, you name it, uh, regulation. And so we'll show the customer how they're meeting other controls from other regulatory requirements. Um, in the case of privacy, uh, the same would ring true. A lot of what we've built with our CCPA assessment, as you know, it's a highly legal document. There are no real controls that you can extrapolate out of that. And so we have, you know, a, a chief privacy officer who led the effort on our team that created a CCPA template built on uh, the generally accepted privacy principles or GAP as it's referenced. And so understanding what framework that is built upon and how to measure it is uh, also important. So if you have NIST and then you want to understand your uh, GAP, right, G-A-P-P, uh, you have the ability to run that assessment as well. And that will help inform many other privacy-related uh, uh, compliance requirements that you may or may not uh, be meeting based on current practices. Very versatile. Good information coming out of there. So. Yeah. One thing we also provide, too, is we like to say it's really a decision engine. So, you know, I talk about 
uh, well, the, the four steps of the process, I actually don't think I finished the other two steps. So with the four steps of the security performance management lifecycle is measure or assess, uh, report. And then the third is model um, or, or create essentially a plan around it. That's part of the 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 second P in MAP, M-A-P-P, is the planning. And then the fourth phase is what we call uh, remediation management, understanding who's working on what tasks or projects to correct the gap. What is the investment required to make that happen from a capital standpoint and a human effort standpoint? So it almost becomes this P&L for the security team, the security program, that can re be related back to the reduction of risk. So we spent $100,000 to reduce a $500,000 potential liability on a risk. By the way, we also increased our maturity by a full point from, uh, let's say, an access control risk management and you know asset management, as an example. Maybe we improved our maturity across those three key areas. So we can bring uh, that entire discussion, what I just indicated as an example. We have the ability to provide that data in a a very easy presentable way to the appropriate stakeholders. That's awesome. Yeah, we're talking to Chad Beckman, who is the CEO and founder of Secure Digital Solutions. Uh, we're talking about uh, some of the some of the evolution of information security and some of the challenges uh, that uh, he's been able to create uh, an excellent tool that uh, I'm actually pretty excited about. Uh, we'll have some additional conversations because the versatility uh, between the various disciplines. But we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll come right after this message. Welcome back, everyone. This is Sean Murray with the New Cyber Frontier. On uh, today's edition, we're talking to Chad Beckman, who is the CEO, founder of uh, Secure Digital Solutions. Uh, been around since about 2005. In 2015, he took a lot of his experience, a lot of the frustrations, uh, a lot of the challenges, and came up with a great idea for developing a tool, a uh, security management platform uh, referred to as the Trust Map. Uh, and so we've been talking about some of the, the nuances uh, and the capabilities of your tool. Um, so being able to feed into your risk management process, into your business management project, process, strategic mapping so the board has a better understanding, uh, going back to your P&L requirements. So, you know, justifying budgets, justifying line items, uh, establishing key performance indicators that align with security objectives and, uh, and, and strategies that align with the organization. Um, how successful is uh, is the tool? You know, it's been out there now for what five years? What are you guys seeing? Yeah, yeah. We we closed our first Fortune 200 customer uh, about 
uh, a year after we launched the platform and they learned about us at a CSO 50 conference. And uh, from that point forward, we really started gaining traction because, you know, uh, peer influence is the most powerful, you know, word of mouth advertising is the best advertising you can get. And we are now, our platform is being used on, I think, five continents. And we've got a number of managed service providers as well that are using it and see the value of um, the differentiating their offering with their own customers to not only create a competitive edge for themselves, but also establish a ongoing relationship with their managed service customers themselves using our platform as a vehicle to do so. Then we have, of course, large enterprise accounts um, in North America and Europe uh, that are also um, customers. And that's driven, by the way, a lot of the capability of our product. Our go-to-market, so I'm from Minnesota, and we have 15 Fortune 500 companies here locally. Pretty high uh, concentration given, you know, our uh, our population size between Minneapolis and St. Paul. We use that to our advantage to uh, early days to get an understanding of what the problems really were showing feedback, uh, getting feedback from our beta product that we're showing these customers. And that has continued with every iteration of our product over the last five years. Our customer feedback and our input is ultimately paramount. And that's why we really say the product is uh, built for CISOs by CISOs because their voice has been forming capabilities and workflows and uh, analytical views we've created. Um, that's a direct result of the conversations we've had with those users. That's awesome. Um, you know, when we take a look at the next evolution of, of your trust map tool, um, you know, yet one of the things that I, I recall you saying is you have 50,000 or more um, different elements within the database uh, based on responses. Um, if I'm an auditor, I'm looking at assessing controls. I'm looking at privacy assessment. Um, what is it that what are you doing uh, innovatively with the tool now, say, for the next rendition? Yeah. Uh, well, we recently launched this connector capability uh, that we, uh, you know, sent out a, a release on our website and uh, to our customers. And that connector capability is going to allow customers to pull in data from other systems. So if they want to aggregate their vulnerability management information, they'll have the ability to do so and allow that to influence their overall security posture as well, their maturity and uh, identify where their key risk areas are. Uh, addition to that, we've also provided what we call trust map insights. It's an enhanced uh, think of it as a business intelligence platform. Uh, for your security posture. And what this does is it allows organizations to create custom analytics and place those analytics into a dashboard. So your example of uh, CISO needing to aggregate the story for the board and just spend a couple of minutes on it would be able to tell a compelling story in one slide. Uh, instead of trying to put together a number of different slides and having to, at the last minute, pick two or three that the most meaningful. Um, so we've, you know, again, more feedback from customers that have driven us in that direction. And it's quite amazing um, the power of being able to represent your story in your own way. And that's what we're giving our customers the ability to do. 
So one of the things that we talked about prior to our session was, uh, you know, I had asked you, I do a lot of work on the government side, and uh, there's a, a new movement underfoot uh, within the federal government for, um, um, you know, tracking uh various types of sensitive information. And so um, you actually indicated your product's going to be able to map to the cybersecurity maturity model. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, we were actually really excited <laughs> as opposed to maybe some others that when they saw that regulation come out. Uh, and I say that because our, pro our, our platform and our methodology, the way it is built, uh, is built on the premise of CMMI one to five, uh, you know, pretty standard maturity scoring, and it can translate back to a zero to four scoring as well, uh, should a customer want to. So when we saw the CMMC come out, sort of understand more about it, what it was built upon 800-171 and of course others, other requirements, uh, we, we, there was not a lot of coding that needed to be required. Our platform was ready to support it. The reporting aspect, the assessment measurement aspect, uh, really the only thing we had to do was start to develop the data models to support CMMC. And in our, our words, in our terms, that means establishing a template. So now customers, we had this uh, come live, I think it was August of this year. So it's been out for a few months now. Um, uh, customers can now use a trust map to measure CMMC compliance, any level of maturity that they need to achieve. And they'll have a database of recommendations to help them understand what the level of effort is to go from their current uh, maturity level to the desired maturity level uh, for their specified uh, government contracts. And those all align with all the fire requirements and federal acquisition requirements and uh, um, any of the other chain of custody or sub, uh, vendor supply chain, it'll meet all those requirements as well. Yeah, correct. Yes. Um, you know, the CMMC template is designed uh, to fulfill the CMMC uh, reporting uh, requirements. And I believe, was it just in the last week or two, I think that bill actually was officially passed. Uh, I'm not following uh, details here, but I think it was just recently officially received the stamp of approval. So now organizations are going to be required to start reporting on their CMMC compliance. And that's what's interesting about CMMC, by the way, is when I first read it and started understanding it, is it's, it's scored based on maturity, but it's measured based on compliance. And that creates a... Um, kind of a unique scenario when you're trying to automate uh, such a, you know, kind of a combination of two different metho method methodologies here. So you're either, you know, meeting it, not meeting it, or it's not applicable as an example of what you might respond to in a CMMC assessment. But at the same token, you are uh, the, the maturity level is based on a, a set of controls. So if you're a CMMC level two or level three, you'll have to meet a certain level of controls that let's say level one would not have to be. And so it's that graduated maturity level that brings with it, of course, a, a list of additional controls. And then you measure yourself in a compliance type response on each of those controls. And so that's what made it a little bit unique compared to other regulatory or industry frameworks. Um, and I'm happy to say that uh, our team was able to deliver and, and make that available. I think from my understanding, we probably one of the first products in market globally that could automate CMMC uh, when we launched that capability in August. 
Well, this is great. I can't believe uh, half an hour has already been burned up. Um, we could go on for for quite a while here, um, especially on the CMMC stuff. Well, you know, uh, Chad, it, it's been great talking to you for this last half hour. Um, you know, you're like me, an old dog that's been around for a while, and you've taken some of those 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 experiences and created what seems like a really good tool. Uh, we've been talking with Chad Beckman, who is the CEO and founder of Secure Digital Solutions, been around since 2005. 2015, launched a great uh, product called TrustMap, um, doing a lot of great things, mapping cybersecurity compliance, maturity levels, justifying budgets, uh, aligning cybersecurity strategy with organizational strategy, giving CISOs and privacy uh, professionals uh, a tool to be able to measure compliance uh, in, in, in communicate that out to the rest of the organization. I thank you uh, for contributing to our program and uh, I wish you a great afternoon. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. Great talking with you, Sean. Thanks. Thank Sean. you. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at NewCyberFrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.